Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Church, can we just give Jesus some praise together? Let's make some noise for God. So good. And everyone, you can take your seats. Awesome. How good to be in church on a Friday night. And just want to apologise in advance if my baby yells a lot during the message. He's uh, started to, um, in church, just yell when he sees people on stage that he knows. Obviously, he knows everyone um, because he's a pastor's kid. So if he starts yelling, just pray for him. I want him to really listen to this message. He needs it. So um, it's good. Hey, so good. Hey, let's read some scripture together. Then we're going to pray and get into it. And uh, I want to read for us uh, from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And just want to encourage you, if it is your first time in church tonight, uh, or if you've been many times, I just want to encourage you, have an open heart, have a soft heart, and, and expect to hear something from God this evening. So let's read some scripture together. It's going to come up on the screens for us as well. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Come on, how good is this? Verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Verse 10, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Lastly, verse 16, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Verse 16 says, Be holy because I am holy. This is echoing something which is said all in the Old Testament. Be holy because I am holy. Can we all agree this is a pretty tough instruction from God? Be holy as I am holy. So I'm going to give it a crack. So I want to preach tonight part one of 73 on the holiness of God. 
because holiness is a part of who God is. It, it, it invades or is a part of everything about God. God, of course, is love, but it's a holy love. Everything about God is holy. And so my message is called holy, holy, as in the word holy. I think it's going to come on the back there. God is holy, holy, and we are called to be holy as God is holy, which is a whole lot of holy awesomeness. But we're going to pray and just invite God to speak to us um, as we share tonight. So Father, we just thank You for each person here. We just know, God, that it's not an accident they're here, that Lord, You have something great to share with them. And so we just pray for each person in the room, God. We pray for soft hearts, open hearts. And Lord, may Your Word fall on good soil and, and bear great fruit in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, so um, my parents are the senior pastors of the church here. And so I grew up in a Christian family coming to church every Sunday. And in fact, attending a Christian school up until grade seven. And so I genuinely did not know what a real swear word was until I was about 10 or 11. And someone in church had told me that when I get to heaven, I can ask God any question I want. And we were back and forthing about what will that question be? What, what would I want to ask? And I thought about it and I wanted to ask God, what are some of the swear words? Because I wanted to know. I'd only heard rumours. I knew there was one that started with a certain letter and another that started with a certain letter. And I was going to ask God, what are those words? And as most Christian kids do, I don't know if, if this is like anybody else in the room, but you, because you don't really know swear words or at some point when you learn what they are, you don't want to say them, you come up with very Christian replacements. And so there was a whole lot of, of replacement profanities that I would use. Holy dooly, holy guacamole, holy cow. And people would ask me, why are all of your replacement swear words something holy? And I think it's because even at that point, my profanities were holy and set apart. And something about the word holy at the start of something seemed to give it a little bit more zhuzh. If you stubbed your toe and said, guacamole, it's not quite the same as holy guacamole, is it? Or just yelling out cow. But I also started to see in, in pop culture as well the, the word holy coming up. I played a bit of Tomb Raider growing up. Anyone? Okay, moving right along. It, and <laughs> Tomb Raider was a video game and, and often you were trying to find holy ancient artefacts. And it would always be golden and the music would always have a oh, that sort of quality to it. And then I remember watching The Prince of Egypt, which is a brilliant Christian movie that DreamWorks made about Moses and the Israelites. And I remember there's a scene in that where there's the burning bush and God speaks to Moses out of this burning bush. And, and God says like, um, I'll try and do a God voice like, take off your sandals, sandals. Is like that? He said, this is holy ground, holy ground, holy And it echoed. And I remember watching that as a kid being like, man, holy ground. You've got to take your shoes off if you're at holy ground. And then I was thinking about people's houses I've been to where you couldn't wear your shoes inside. And I thought, maybe that's holy ground. Pat and Dev's house must be holy ground. No one wears their shoes in there. <laughs> but holy, the word holy, what does that mean? It means dedicated or consecrated to God, set apart to God. Something holy as in W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, holy set to God, set apart to God. And God in His Word says to you and I, 
be holy as I am holy. We are to have a quality that is unique to God. Holiness, which is to be pure, purely to God, pure unto God, clean, godly, holy. 1 Peter chapter 2, which is a chapter later from what we just read earlier, says this, talking of you and I, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It's a lot to take in, everybody, that... I'm to be holy. It's a lot to take in that we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, because I know myself and I'm not often acting like a royal priesthood. I don't wake up every day feeling like a holy chosen people. I don't often make decisions that would be described as set apart and consecrated to God. I don't behave like that all the time. So what does that mean? How can I be holy like God is holy? And speaking for myself, I know that I am absolutely imperfect and have done so much wrong. How could I be holy? And, and does it mean that the Bible contradicts itself when it says that no one is good, no one is righteous, not even one, but also be holy like I am holy? It's not a contradiction, everybody, because God who is holy can make other things holy. God who is holy can make you holy. God who is set apart can set you apart. And we can in our hearts set ourselves apart, consecrate ourselves to God. Holiness is a quality that belongs to God and can be given by God. Seeking to attain one's own holiness is a prideful endeavour. And this is what I used to see as a kid, you know, when, when you wanted to be like the boss in Chasey or if no one could get you and you thought you're untouchable, you would often do the like, oh, I am the boss, I am the king, I'm untouchable. And that you would see this in other religions and other groups of people that are looking for God. They'll often, in their own strength and effort, try to attain a position or a, a, a sense of holiness. The only problem with doing that yourself is, is that by most religions' moral standards, doing it in your own strength is pride, trying to prove in yourself is pride, which would then nullify any holiness that you're trying to get. So really we get into a trap when we try to endeavour to achieve holiness within ourselves. And, and God can call us a holy people because He can help us be that holy people. He can transform us to be holy like He is holy and it's completely the grace and a gift from God. The, the Old Testament um, temple had a place within it. So the temple where people would go to worship God, it had a place within it called the Holy of Holies. And that would be, you know, if that was in Tomb Raider, that would be the ultimate level. Just incredible holiness. But this was a, a serious holiness. This was where the presence of God resided. And Indiana Jones has borrowed from this twice. Um, in the first one where they've got the Ark of the Covenant and they lift the lid off and Indiana Jones says, close your eyes. And that, that gentleman doesn't and he melts. Um, that is a pretty good representation of what was happening in the Holy of Holies if you weren't holy. If you weren't holy, holy, you were going to melt. 
like in Indiana Jones. Or if you've seen Indiana Jones 4, where the Russian lady looks into the all-knowing alien being and she too, her brain explodes. If you think about... (laughs) If you think about us created, finite, with issues and problems, we can't be holding ourselves, coming into the presence of absolute holiness... What was happening was things were being consumed up in the presence of God. To prepare to enter that holy of holies, the priests couldn't touch or engage with unclean things because it would make them unclean. And anything unclean couldn't be in that holy presence of God. It would consume them, it would kill them. So they couldn't engage with sinful behaviour. So disobeying God, disobeying the law of God. They couldn't touch dead things. They couldn't touch ceremonially unclean things because God's holiness would consume them because as they touched something unclean, they would become unclean. In order just to get into the presence of God, everybody, back then, you would need to be completely clean. Haven't sinned. You've done everything you can to get rid of your sin, abstain from sin, to not touch unclean things, to not touch dead things, and to get in there in the hope that you've done enough to not be consumed by the holiness of God. But thank God for Jesus, God's one and only Son, who was fully God and fully man, God in a bod, completely sinless and completely holy, who flipped the script. Because whereas before holiness was consuming the unclean, now the holiness that was in, within Christ was transforming the unclean. It went from consuming to transforming. If a person touched someone with leprosy, then they would be considered unclean. Jesus was touching people with leprosy and taking it away. Instead of it making Him unclean, He would make them clean. If you touched a dead thing back then, you'd be considered unclean. Jesus was touching dead things. They were coming back to life. If you sinned, if you engaged in sin, you would be consumed by the holiness of God. Jesus was engaging with sinners and they were being transformed by the holiness of God. This is important. This is important for those that would look to Jesus and accept His help. Holiness was now not just a consumer, but a transformer as well. Everybody, God is offering that to you today. That in His holy presence, you would be transformed. That because of the grace of Jesus Christ, we're no longer consumed by the presence of God. We're transformed by it. And then the incredible thing is that the temple, the the place where God's presence inhabited, we can now be a temple of the Holy Spirit and carry it within us. Our God is extending to us through the gift of His Son a fresh start to be washed clean, to be made like new, to be made holy. You can be holy as He is holy if you allow God to touch your life and transform you. You might be thinking, Jordan, how does that work? Because if God makes me holy on Monday and then on Tuesday... I'm doing all the wrong things. I'm looking at the wrong things. I'm, I'm ignoring certain things. I'm, I'm deliberately disobeying the Word of God or I'm deliberately doing something I know is not right. How am I still holy? Do I from that moment need to be perfect? And the answer is no. The Bible paints this interesting picture about how when we receive the gift of forgiveness from Jesus Christ, that from that day we are saved and we're being saved. 
that in, the, in a moment when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, in that moment you are set free and being set free. That in that moment you're going from, from, from sin and brokenness to now being holy and being made holy. That you begin a journey of holiness, but you also within that journey are holy. There's nothing else like it. The other day I went into our toy room um, where, where Micah's toys are and Micah's only 13 months. And I said, Micah, you need to clean up all these toys, buddy. And he said, look, Dad, it's been a big week. I don't know if I'm going to have the time. But he said, listen, this is how it works, Dad. This room is clean and is being cleaned. And I was like, hang on one second. And then he gave me another example. He said, Dad, this nappy is filled and is being filled. When you, when you put your faith in Jesus, in that moment you are set free and begin to be set free. You are holy and are being made holy. You're transformed and you begin a process of transformation. The intent of God is just as good as the finish because God finishes works that He starts and He never lies. So when God begins a process in your life, it's as though it's finished in that moment. The process is finished at the same time that it starts. It's an interesting thing because God does not lie and He always finishes what He starts as He begins an incredible work in your heart, your mind and your soul to make you holy like He is holy. God wants to do an incredible work from the inside out in your life, helping you to be who He's called you to be helping you to step into the life that He intended for you to live. And and He wants you to be the best version of yourself, not in the world's idea, but in what God intended for your life. And it looks a little bit like this. We've got a little video um, from Toy Story 2. Let's check this out. It's like the work of God in your life. cool. Who felt the Lord speak to them through that video? I'll just correct some things. Um, the Lord beginning a work in your life may not mean your hair grows back. Um, it, and, uh, and God won't shake when He sews you back up like that man. But what I love about that video is the intricate detail 
and the, the attention to detail that this man took to, to make Woody go back to how he was fresh out of the box. And, and you know, God has an intended design for you, for how you're to be, for how, do you, how you're to live, the, the life you can have. And when we come to Christ, when we put our faith in Him, He makes us good as new. He puts us under the microscope. He gets right in there from the inside out, begins to help and to heal and to fix and to restore. God wants to work on you and in you and to make you like new, that, that heaviness of sin, the burden of sin to be lifted off of your shoulders. Woody wouldn't have been looking that fresh if he got up and walked away at the offer though. And what I find happens is, is that people can be presented with the offer of Jesus Christ coming to your life to help fix you up, but we can reject the offer. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says this, this is God speaking, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Perhaps you feel unclean. Perhaps you feel sinful. Perhaps you feel full of sin. Even as I'm talking about holiness, you might not identify with it because it seems so far away from where you are. But I want to encourage you that God in His grace and His mercy is reaching out to you and offering to you a great restorative work. That if you would receive His help, if you would respond to His offer, that you would be in that moment made new and begin to be made new. That you'd be in that moment made holy and would begin a process of being made holy as God is holy. Can I encourage you tonight, don't walk away not having allowed God to begin a work in your life. Don't walk out tonight not allowing God to begin a work in your life. Don't miss out on the life that you could have. Don't miss out on the life that God has for you. Don't miss out on the life that God has for you in this life. But more importantly, don't walk out on an opportunity to be washed, forgiven and saved for the next life. Our receiving of the gift of Jesus Christ is absolutely important to this side of heaven, but it's even more important to the other side. It's in Jesus Christ that we are made holy so that we will be accepted. That instead of seeing our sin, that God would see the righteousness of Christ Jesus and that we could spend eternity with God in heaven. I'd just like to invite the worship team to come and join me. Hey, again, growing up in a Christian household and with parents as pastors, my, my parents would often have uh, scriptures that they would say all the time or little, little things to encourage us. And my mum would always say this when we'd come for dinner, breakfast or lunch, we'd get to the breakfast bar and my mum would say, have you got clean hands and a pure heart? And uh, that's, that's in the scripture a few times. Um, but my mum would say, have you got clean hands and a pure heart? And we would always, when we were younger, say, yes, absolutely, we do clean hands and a pure heart or we'd say we've got a pure heart but I'll just go and clean my hands as we got older and I was getting more understanding of, uh, of scripture and where I was at my mum would ask us have you got clean hands and a pure heart and I thought to myself I can really only do one of those things I can clean my hands obviously I didn't have this conversation with my mum over the, uh, <laughs> the dining table but I can clean my hands but I can't purify my heart I can't clean my own heart I can do one of those things, but not the other. Only God can do the other. Only God can clean a heart. Only God can wash us clean. Only God can transform a soul, transform a heart. Only God can do that. 
Because God is the only one who is truly holy, He's the only one that can make anything else holy. Good questions to leave church thinking about tonight, uh, maybe to chat about in the car after, to pray about, is what can I do today to be holy like He is holy? I can only be like holy God with holy help. So He sent His holy Word, which through the help of His Holy Spirit, we can give it a red hot crack. But what can I begin to do to be holy like God is holy? Just ask yourself that in your heart. What can I begin to do today to be holy like God is holy? What can I stop doing today to be holy like God is holy? And I want to encourage it. Take it one day at a time. Sometimes stepping back too far is too big a weight to try and, you know, what's the saying? How do you eat, eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you be holy like God is holy? Well, God, in this hour between... 8 and 9 p.m., what can I do to be holy like you are holy? What can I begin to do and what can I stop doing? We can't be holy without holy help. So He sent the Holy Scripture and the help of His Holy Spirit to help us be holy like God is holy. God, help me be holy like you are holy. If you have that conviction in your heart to say, God, I wanna be like you, He will come and help you and He will strengthen and empower and grace you. You know, I've asked the team tonight just to um, prepare a song. We've not done it at church before, but the lyrics are so powerful and I've been really blessed by it. And I'd love us just to stand. The, the team's going to sing, uh, lead us. We're going to sing this song. And the lyrics are about holiness. And I want to encourage you. Just ask the Lord to speak to you in this moment and ask those questions. God, what can I do today to be holy like you are holy? So right across the room right now, why don't you just close your eyes and just reach out to God. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.